not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. I'm uh, sitting here looking at uh, a pen. Um... It's not nearly as good as an E.D. Bellis pen, which we've got some. If you want uh, one, just go ahead. They're free. I'm calling 402-342-1290. But we're going to take some time to look at some winners and losers under the Affordable Care Act. And I see a pen. I'm not here to necessarily endorse them, but it's the duck. It's the AFLAC. And I think to kick things off, Alan, I think organizations like them, which offer voluntary benefits, accidental policies to cover hospitalization policies in case you do go to the hospital. I think organizations like that are probably win- winners to, 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 to begin our, our segment here, Alan, uh, under the new normal. Right, Because yep. of deductibles going up so much, I think more people are going to purchase a policy like an Aflac or a Colonial or a um, many different fine providers, right. including those on our private exchange. But those are, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want to talk winners. I think the insurance companies flat out are winners. You know, just this week alone, uh, even though they had to fork out hundreds of millions of dollars in uh, capital expenses to be able to meet the ICE-10 deadline, which, by the way, was delayed twice. And there was a move in Congress to try and delay it a third time, but uh, smartly did not go through with that because that would have cost hundreds of million dollars to all of these organizations who have been forced to delay uh, at the end of the this whole thing when you look at it physicians are probably big losers uh, the under in, this deal yeah under this deal not, not in general no but under this deal if you look at the Affordable Care Act if you look at ICD-10 you know the fact that they're taking more time to have to uh, document and dictate and do things at a computer rather than actually treat their patient. I, I would like to see if there was a study or a research already done on see how much time a doctor is spending behind a computer screen versus actually treating patients and see if that time has went down or up since the Affordable Care Act's been uh implemented i'm sure we could get several from just down the street over at the med center that'd be happy to come on the program and tell us that well let's do it sometime i mean because we we both know the answer to that right yeah i think we know the answer to it but it would be interesting to hear you know maybe dr frankel's perspective of that or dr ed trumper's perspective on on that and not necessarily endorsing physicians but they're two friends of ours uh and it would be interesting to hear uh, both of their perspectives on uh, that sub- on that subject. Let's see. I think one of the other winners, I guess I could say, in this would be drug companies. Yeah. As a result of this. And I think that would probably go back to the beginning when they had their big little 
not little, real big, because it was the power players powwow at the White House with the uh, leaders from the insurance industry, the health, uh, the uh, drug industry, and I think uh, a couple others. The American Medical Association and the hospital associations. Well, I remember former Congressman Tozan, who ended up being the head of pharma, which is the pharmaceutical industry lobbying firm, basically saying, we don't want to be a part of this. And then when the White House waved billions of dollars in front of them, hey, we're going to pay you X, Y, Z dollars, they changed their tune and they became supportive of the Affordable Care Act. So I would have to say pharmaceuticals absolutely are winners in this because they sold out the American people. $85 billion was the price uh, that, they, that they cut. Uh, it was a fee on drugs uh, in the Affordable Care Act, one again of the 19 pay-fors in the legislation. I'm just seeing things about regular, normal-type drugs that could r- really be... Um, uh, bought uh, anywhere that are just going up uh, ridiculous uh, margins because of that. Well, look at the guy who bought the uh, orphan drug uh, that's used for HIV. It was $13 a pill. Now it's $750 a pill. You know, what's his bottom line going to be? And I know what they're going to claim. Well, we've got to spend hundreds of million dollars of re- in, in research and development and licensing and having to get it through the FDA. You know, what's what's driving me and my wife nuts, how many of you all have noticed the increase in advertising by the pharmaceutical industry over the last couple of years? It's been crazy. I bet two out of every three ads right now are pharmacy ads on the local television stations. It's insane. Politicians and pharmacy ads, that's basically dominating the airwaves. You know, I bet uh, politicians are a winner in this. Why do you say that? Well, they they don't they're not necessarily did they ever get covered under the Affordable Care Act or are they still exempt from it? I mean, they don't have to treat themselves the same way as the patients. Depends if they work for the committee or not. (laughs) (laughs) Because um, they do have to go to the exchange and it is a mess. I've been told that uh, they've actually had to hire somebody in their own HR department for the U.S. Senate to administrate for them. And then yet they expect businesses to have to do that on their own. Yeah. And you know what I also see is that when you, you talked about the Cadillac tax earlier, you know, does the Cadillac tax apply to Congress? Probably not. You know, I mean, those are questions to ask. Are they going to get away with that? Because when you look at the Cadillac tax, uh, if your, if your uh, employer based coverage plan uh, exceeds ten thousand two hundred a year for individuals or twenty seven thousand five hundred for families. That plan gets taxed at forty percent. And there was some studies done on that, and I think it was was it sixty percent of companies said that they don't want to pay. Uh, they don't want they don't want to deal with the Cadillac tax, and like three percent, four percent of those companies said that they don't plan on paying. Well, what are they going to do with their insurance? Are they going to kick everybody to the exchange? One of the other losers, I would say, in this, and I think we could get unanimous consent for this one, are consumers of health care, are losers as a result of all of these things. 
Well, yeah. I, there's no way around it. Whether it's the Cadillac tax, ICD-10, uh, mergers all across the board, I think. Higher deductibles. Higher deductibles. Have you noticed that the costs haven't necessarily gone up, but your deductible has gone through the roof? You know, that's where this law is taking us, is not to lower healthcare costs, but just shifting the cost from the insurance company to the patient. And again, as we've talked about previously on the show, can the insurance companies continue to survive uh, as they lose money and people who shouldn't didn't have insurance have insurance but can't pay their bills? And then they send it over to uh, collections. Yeah, and you've seen the billing departments and collection companies grow and focus solely on health care. Right. And we've and, talked about that, too. And if people have told me that banks are having trouble getting people to do collections for their car loans because only collections that they these people want to do uh, are in health care. Because they can get more money back per per. Uh, you know, per per on, on the dollar, than they can if it's a car loan. You know, because if you have a hundred thousand dollar health bill, you know, you can come down on that person a little bit harder than if they only owe say twenty five hundred dollars on a car loan. You know, and when you look at the Cadillac tax, for example, which I think, uh, you know, employee benefit plans are a big loser in this. You know. 62% of companies facing a 40% Cadillac tax are already changing their coverage. Hey, remember the restaurant tax and 2.5% and it would only generate about $8 million and now that's generating like $28 million? The Cadillac tax, when it goes into effect in 2018, is expected to go $5 billion and then by 2024, it's expected to go to $34 billion. So again, on your back... As a consumer, they're trying to finance all this crap. Any final thoughts on winners and losers for your, from your end? You pretty much nailed it there. We pretty much saw, have beaten this one into the ground, I think. Yep, but that's okay. Um, you can join us anytime, 402-342-1290. Um, just got a text. You can text. Uh, what is the text line here? Uh Let's see. Text uh, Mighty1290 Coil. And uh, here's one that we just got uh, back uh, on our segment of the ICD-10. How about uh, Bad Husker Fan uh, First Encounter? Could that be a potential one? Hey, it could if they lose today. I know. We'll talk about that with our predictions as well. Uh, we'll be right back. Oh,